Hello, Morning Coach listeners. I'm Dr. Paul Kilgore, and I'm thrilled to give you some essential insights on keeping a balanced plate and a healthier life. Today, we're diving into a few key ideas that will help us understand the foundations of a balanced diet. So get your notepads ready. First, we're going to start off talking about the three pillars of nutrition. And when I talk about these pillars, I'm really thinking about first, macronutrients, second, micronutrients, and third, phytonutrients. Macronutrients include those things like the major categories of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. When I think about carbohydrates, I'm thinking of the primary body's energy source. So we really emphasize whole grains, fruits, and vegetables in this category. And of course, all of these are important for a diet. So when you're going shopping, make sure you include them in your diet. Proteins of the second category, these are absolutely essential for your muscle and tissue repair. Even if you're not a weightlifter, protein is very important to maintain your overall health. And we know this is true because as we get older, we can sometimes experience something called sarcopenia. This is muscle wasting that it can occur as we get older. So in this category, you want to opt for those lean meats, legumes, and dairy. All are great sources of protein. Third category of macronutrients, we're talking about fats. These are absolutely critical for good cell function because the fat or lipid is actually part of the neuron membrane. That means that if you have good fat levels, good myelin sheath on that neuron, it's going to function better. We focus here on sources like avocados, nuts, and olive oil as great sources of healthy fats. Second major category, the micronutrients. And in this category, I think of vitamins, minerals, and water. Now, with vitamins, we know these are absolutely required for good body function. When you think of foods that contain good levels of vitamins, we think of the colorful fruits and vegetables. Second category, we think of minerals. And when we think about minerals, we're talking about these compounds that are absolutely essential for good bone health, good blood formation, and maintaining overall good health. We find these minerals in leafy greens, nuts, and dairy. And third category is that category you might not think of as a micronutrient, but I put water in this category. And I put water here because it's actually critical for our overall health. Many of you probably heard of this target of eight glasses of water per day. It actually can vary from individual to individual, but that's not a bad target. One of the reasons I say it varies is because certainly our exercise level can vary from day to day, and also we get liquid or fluids from not only fruits and vegetables, but things like tea and coffee and other drinks that we consume other than water. Now, the third category I think of in pillars of nutrition is the phytonutrients. These are absolutely critical, and we're going to talk much more in future podcasts about these, but there are three categories that I generally think of under phytonutrients. The first are flavonoids, the second are carotenoids, and the third are something you may not have heard about, but it's glycosinolates. Now, flavonoids I think of in berries, tea, and even dark chocolate. These are great sources that are known for their antioxidant properties. The second are carotenoids. I think of these as being the carrots, the sweet potatoes, and the spinach. These are very important for eye health. And as we get older, there's a condition we want to think about called macular degeneration. And we're going to talk much more about that in the future. But that's why vegetables like carrots, sweet potatoes, spinach can be very important to our diet. 
The third category I mentioned, the glycosinolates or glucosinolates, are found in broccoli. It's found in Brussels sprouts and kale. These vegetables contain really powerful antioxidants. Not only are they anti-inflammatory, but they are found to have very potent anti-cancer properties. It's one of the reasons why every week and frequently uh, every day, I have these in my diet. Now, the next category I want to dive into, really the three components of a balanced meal. First, I think of diversity. Second, I think of proportions. And third, I think of quality. In the first category, diversity, I'm really talking about aiming for a variety of colors, a variety of textures, and a variety of flavors in that diet. First of all, it makes it interesting. And secondly, it spreads out the nutritional value of your foods that you're eating. So we want to aim for a rainbow on the plate. Each color represents different nutrients. Second, we want to talk about the texture. We're thinking about things like combining crunchy and soft and chewy and liquid, and these can make the meals much more satisfying, much more interesting on a day-to-day basis. Third, we think about flavor. So sweet, salty, bitter, sour, umami, all can create a variety of experiences, and our taste buds will be very happy when we do that. Second big category in our three components of a balanced meal are the proportions. So we want to think about having our plate half full of veggies for each meal. So if you can get to that, you're going to help ensure that you're getting not only the right minerals and vitamins, but it's going to be overall balanced and will contain a good level of fiber as well. We want to have a quarter of our plate containing protein, and that's going to help ensure that at the end of the meal, we feel full and we're satiated and we have good muscle maintenance. We want to make sure we're getting enough protein to maintain and tissue repair, make sure that we don't have breakdown of our muscle as we get older. Now, third plate, third uh, component of our plate, I think of that quarter plate being carbs. This is the fuel for your body and your brain, keeps that energy level up so you don't feel like you're getting fatigued um, over the course of the day. Now, the third category I think of, when I think of three components of a balanced meal, I think of quality. So I think of whole foods, we wanna limit additives in our food, and we wanna go for the seasonal foods and local foods because we know those are gonna be more fresh and contain very good levels of nutrients. When we think about whole foods, we're really trying to minimize the processed foods for maximum nutrition. So when you go to the grocery store or market, one of the things you wanna go away from are those aisles that have that processed food. And if you have any question about what's in the food, do make sure you read the labels, of course. We want to limit those foods that are containing preservatives, artificial colors, and sweeteners. And we want to make sure we focus on the fresh foods that have the great nutrient value, high protein, high minerals, high vitamin levels. Okay. Now, um, let's finish up with talking about really very important things that we know happen every day. Sometimes it happens to me, and I really try to minimize this. These are three mistakes to avoid in our diet. Number one, skipping meals. Number two, falling for the fad diets. And number three, neglecting hydration. So skipping meals is one of the things that I really try to avoid. One of the reasons why is that when we talk about skipping meals, we actually can dictate what our energy level is throughout the day. And for example, breakfast, a key meal for us every day. It sets the energy tone for the day, and skipping breakfast can actually lead to overeating later in the day. Number two, ignoring hunger. 
We want to listen to our bodies, make sure we're not delaying meals, because when we delay meals, that can sometimes lead to binge eating or overeating. And when we do that, of course, we're going to have difficulty maintaining the weight that we want to maintain. Third, we want to avoid nighttime overeating. This means eating large amounts before bed. And not only can this be disruptive to your sleep, but it can also disrupt your digestion overall. And so we want to avoid eating after um, a particular time. And depending on what time you go to bed, I would recommend not eating two to three hours before bedtime. And this will help prevent things like reflux or gastroesophageal reflux disease. And if you have anything like GERD or peptic ulcer disease, these are things that you already know about. But avoiding late time, late night eating is very important. Now, second, falling for fads, we want to avoid these ideas of that we're going to quickly fix our weight or quickly fix it through a certain diet that we read about or we hear about on social media. No diet really can provide instant results. We want to focus our, on our long-term health, so making small changes every day, just like JB talks about in Morning Coach, is something that we want to really think about. Second, we want to think about restriction. When I talk about this, I want to make sure that we don't overly restrict food groups that can lead to nutrient deficiencies. Some of these diets may lead to very, very substantial reductions in your fat intake. And of course, we need fat, as I mentioned before, for good neuronal function, good neuron function, very important for our nervous system and for overall body function. So we got to be very careful in the nutrients that we take away from our diet as well. The third is that we got to be very careful about reading different diet information because sometimes they contain inaccurate facts or misinformation. And this is especially important if you're thinking about what nutrients are in your diet. So read the labels, number one, of what you're eating and make sure you do a little bit of research to figure out which are those nutrients you need and where you're going to get those from in your diet, be it from vegetables, fruits, or sources of protein. Now, third point I want to make is coming back really to this concept of hydration. We don't want to ne neglect hydration. This is particularly true in hotter times or hotter climates, and we never want to overlook the power of water. Thirst can be very, very important indicator of whether or not we need more water. But one thing to keep in mind is that as we get older, our osmoreceptors or our thirst sensors can go down. In fact, we know that older people may not detect the thirst really as uh, much as younger people. So no matter what age we are, we want to make sure we're staying well hydrated. As we get older, we may need to even consciously think of consuming water even though we don't feel thirsty. Second, we want to avoid sugary drinks as much as possible. Not only can they lead to weight gain, but they can lead to other health issues. And if we're gaining weight or we may be on the edge of having diabetes or be in that pre-diabetic zone, we want to minimize these sugary drinks because that could actually put us over the edge into frank diabetes. Third, we want to not ignore electrolytes. I talked about consuming water, but one of the things that we know is that as we're more active, if we're going to the gym or doing any kind of aerobic exercise, one of the things that we do lose are those electrolytes. Those are things like sodium, potassium, chloride. And when we lose these, it can actually lead to not only decreased cognitive function, brain function, but can also affect other organ function, our overall health, 
and levels of fatigue or energy. So balanced nutrition is not about perfection. It's really about the direction that you take overall in your diet every day. Start with the key foundations that we've talked about today. And remember, every meal is really a new opportunity to nourish your body. So until next time, stay nourished and thrive. Thank you very much for listening.